this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Now that word there, want, means I shall not lack. And so when I read that, it's as if the Lord is saying, I don't want you to want. I don't want you to lack. I'm the good shepherd. I want you to lie down in the green pastures. I want to lead you by the still waters. Now, turn over just a couple pages to Psalm 34, and I want you to see one more here. One more on these same lines. And as you're turning to the 34th Psalm, you know, Christmas is coming up, and here's what happens at Christmas. We say to our children, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want? And, and I, I sense that's even with Father God. He looks at us and says, what do you want? Now, what happens when you get a little bit older at Christmas? When Shelly asks me, what do you want for Christmas? You know what my response is? Nothing. I don't need nothing. But right here in these passages, he didn't say anything about need. He'll supply all our need. That's Philippians 4.19. He's talking about want here. Now get this one. Psalm 34, verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek or inquire of the Lord, they shall not lack or want any good thing. Now that's the Father's heart right there. He wants to take care of us. Now there's a key word in that verse that we all got to get a hold of. Verse, verse 10 there again is to seek. Those who seek the Lord. When I begin to seek God and I make God priority, He said, man, I, I don't want you to lack for any good thing. But it's important we learn to seek God. Actually, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. You know, have you ever thought about this with Father God? That He can't give me or you more than we can handle? If he blessed us with certain things right now, many of us couldn't handle it. You know what we would do? We'd backslide. I would venture to say, every one of us in here would say, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Lord blessed me with a million dollars right now, I could take it. I could handle it. Yeah, you could handle it right out of church. A lot of you, I'd never see you again in the house of God. And so what God does is, is he gradually gives us stuff. It's kind of like these steps. And he says, okay, if you're faithful where you're at right now, I'm going to promote you. And when you're faithful here, I'm going to promote you. And you know what? It's a testing period to see that it doesn't rock you, to doesn't see that you don't run back to the world and do things. And so God just keeps moving you, keeps moving you. I'm telling some of you right now, God's got promotion in mind. Keep honoring Him. Keep seeking Him. And man, he, you won't lack for any good thing, okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Woo, we thank you. That you want to be good to us, Lord. You want to take care of us. And I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you that you are Yahweh. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are El Shaddai tonight, the all-sufficient one. And we just give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. If you got your Bible with you, turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, um, just my own heart on this, guys. I, I get concerned at times about the church as a whole, 
that we quit emphasizing the Bible. And it, it concerns me. I mean, we, we, we got to get used to opening our Bible, reading our Bible. And you know what? If you've got it on your iPad or what, that's okay. But I believe it's very important that we continually see the Word of God. That we breathe the Word of God in every day. That we allow the Word of God to transform our minds. That we allow the Word of God to create faith, create, create faith in us. And so you've got, you got to keep making the Word priority. But, man, it, it blesses me to see believers come, come to church with their sword. That's Ephesians six seventeen, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, man, you ought to bring that, but even that big one, carry that big one in, walk in, you know, and they praise the Lord. I brought my sword, you know, and I realize we show them up here on the big screen, but I, I believe it's important that we, we learn to go through the Scriptures. Now, that's not what I'm talking about tonight, but that was free. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1 is where we're going to begin tonight. Now, you know, we've talked about the spirit of fear, and we've kind of gone a little different area, and we're going to keep going that way, just to show you that, Man, when I'm full of the love of God, I won't fear what man can do to me. And tonight I'm going to show you another different slant that what it means to really be a Christian, that there's nowhere that it says that we're supposed to be uh, have a life of ease or comfort. There's nowhere in there that it says, you know, that we're to feel good before we love people, before we do what's right. Feelings, guys, is not a requirement, okay? I'm going to tell you, it has nothing to do with feelings. It has to do with the Word of God when you see, this is what God expects out of me. Good days, bad days, sad days, mad days, beautiful days. I can't operate by my feelings. I just got to get in there and start saying, this is what the Word of God says. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, Philippians 1, verse 19. Let's just read that. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Whoo, I can use a full supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ every day. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. Now, he's telling us here that that everything he wants to do in me and through me is going to be done. That's what Paul's saying. Everything that God's wanting to do through me is going to happen. My, my earnest expectations, and he, he said this in that same verse, with all boldness. I believe God wants to put a boldness in us. I like to say it this way, we're bold as a lion but as harmless as a dove. And this was Paul's prayer right now. Now look what he gets over to very next. And he says, So now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Now when I look at this, the Apostle Paul, he loved Jesus more than he loved his own life. And the Apostle Paul right here, he's saying... I'm prepared to live for Jesus, and I'm prepared to die for Jesus. And the only thing that mattered to Paul was that Jesus was to be magnified through him. Now, get the words he's saying there. 
because it's important. He said, regardless of if I'm alive or I'm dead, I want Jesus to be magnified through me. He did not fear dying, guys. Actually, when you read the rest of this passage, he says that to die and depart and be with Jesus is far better. But right here, Paul begins to talk about his lack of fear of, of death. His lack of fear even when I'm alive. I'm going to magnify Jesus whether I'm alive or I'm dead. And so it's important that we begin to see the wording in here, the very things that he said. And so when you look at what Paul's telling us, he says, to live for Jesus, it's going to cost you something. And to die, it's going to cost you something. Now people will say this, well, I thought salvation is free. It is. Jesus died for me and you freely. But the Bible's very clear. To follow Jesus, I must lay down my life and pick up the cross and follow him. Remember the last few weeks we talked about with, with Peter, that Jesus' cry was, Peter was, follow me. Follow me. And remember the example that Jesus gave him. Now turn uh, back to your left to the book of Acts. And let's, let's start in Acts chapter 9. Now, when we go here, we're going to be in, in Acts for several more scriptures here tonight. But as we start here in Acts 9, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase some of, us, for some of this for us just for time's sake. But this is a passage about this man named Saul. Actually, Saul is Paul, okay? But I want to start out about this man named Saul. So this man named Saul is on the road to a place called Damascus. And as he's walking to Damascus, this light from heaven shines down on him and it blinds him. And he says, who's doing this to me, basically? And a voice from heaven says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now that was Jesus that said that to him, but Paul was notorious for imprisoning believers, having believers killed. And so, not only was he persecuting Christians, he was opposing Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So, what ends up happening here, he loses his sight. And in that passage, he says, who are you, Lord? Ultimately, Saul gives his life to Jesus, but there's a godly man named Ananias. And Ananias is asleep, and he has this vision or this dream. And in the dream, the Lord calls on Ananias, and I love this. This is, this is in Acts 9. Ananias says, here I am. Here I am. What a, what a, what a statement. Many times when the Lord wakes you at night, man, I, I just put my pillow over my head, and a lot of times just roll back over. What would happen, though, when the Lord wakes us at night that he's saying, I got plans for you. So he says this to Ananias. He said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, listen, I've got this man that in, in this dream, he's seeing you to come lay hands on him so that he may receive his sight. And so the Lord says, Ananias, it's this guy named Saul. And Ananias hits the brakes and says, whoa, Lord, whoa. He said, this guy's killing Christians. And you want me to go lay hands on him? Now, this is where I want to pick up so you can see this. This is Acts 9, verse 15. 
But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for he is a chosen vessel or a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Now get this. For I will show him how many things or how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. I will show him how many things he'll have to suffer for serving me. Now, when I read that, really, real quick, in my own life, it, it, it eliminates a life of ease and comfort. That, oh, as believers, we're not going to have any problems. We're not going to have any... It's just going to be smooth sailing. Well, if that was the case, why did he tell Ananias this? And so this is how the Apostle Paul comes onto the scene. This man who wasn't ashamed to die for Jesus. Now turn over to your right to Acts chapter 20. Acts 20. I'm going to show you some things tonight. And I, I believe this will help you. I believe it will stir you up to live deeper. Okay? Acts 20. Verse 17. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and he called for the elders of the church. Now this is talking about Paul. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Now Paul says something right there. He said, You know in what manner that I always lived before you. In other words, I never changed. This was my life. Now, Apostle Paul's the one who wrote and said, do not cause other believers to stumble. Don't do anything to cause other believers to stumble. And so right here he's saying, you saw my lifestyle. Verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility, humble-mindedness, unselfish, with many tears, and trials. Now remember what the Lord said to him back in Acts 9? I'm going to show you how many things he's got to suffer for my name. Now he says right here, I serve the Lord with humility, with many tears, and many trials. In other words, there's going to be some affliction when you start living for Jesus. Keep reading which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing, or I didn't shrink back nothing, that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. That's salvation. That's what he preached to them. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies or affirms in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now when we read this, guys, think about what he just said. Chains and afflictions await me. Prison awaits me. Suffering awaits me. And I say, wow. 
And he said this happened by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told him this. This was almost like a prophetic word to Paul. To say, when you go to Jerusalem, get ready. Now, in Western culture or in America, can you imagine if that was the prophecy that I gave Erica tonight and said, chains, persecution, imprisonment, afflictions await you? You know what Americans in our churches would say? Time out. That's not of God. No, we prophesy about comfort and ease and blessings and all the good things of life. But this stuff right here, no, 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 no. I don't receive that. I don't want to hear that. Why am I telling us this, guys? I believe, guys, as, as the end times grow closer and closer, there's going to be persecutions that are going to happen. Right here in America. Just a warning now. Anytime the Lord would warn people about tears and trials and hardships and affliction this. You know what he was warning them for? To prepare them. To say listen. You're going to need my mercy. You're going to need my grace. You're going to need my courage in this. Now you don't have to show me hands right now. But how many are going through some real trials right now? Just some real trials, and you think, man, I'm, uh, listen, it's, it's the warning of God at times to say, hey, grab a hold of my mercy. Begin to ask me for mercy. Say, Father God, grace me today that I can walk through this. You know, it was, it was a couple years ago. I, actually, I, I could give you the exact year, the exact month, and the exact day I was in here praying. And the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to give you a second win. And I thought, praise the Lord, I could use a second win right now. And so I was really happy about it. Well, I came back in here the next day and I was praying and I heard the Lord say that in my heart again. I'm going to give you a second win. And so I stopped and I began to think about that. And I said, Lord, if you're going to give me a second win, there must be reason I'm going to need a second win. And he said, you're going to need it. And so I'm telling you guys, I began to prepare my heart and I started saying, Lord, help me. Strengthen me, mercy me, mercy me. And for four or five months, guys, I went through some of the greatest persecutions I've ever gone through. My character was attacked, my integrity was attacked, almost to the point of saying, on this stuff, I'll go back to the world. But I figured out in, in that time, the Lord was saying, I'm going to mercy your ungracious because the, the devil is wanting to get you out of your assignment. He's wanting to get you to run. He's wanting to get you to quit. He's wanting to get you to give up. How many of you have had the thoughts about quitting or giving up lately? On life, a job, just certain things. You're like, I just want to quit. This is exactly what he was warning the Apostle Paul about. And he'll warn me and you about. Now look what happens in verse 24. Listen to his response to this. But none of these things, or not one of these things, move me. In other words, 
You can throw stones at me. You can imprison me. You can beat me. You can lie me, lie about me. But not one of these things are going to move me. Look what he says. But not one of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So that I may finish my race. My assignment with joy. And the ministry to which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, I believe that's huge for every one of us right there. We all have assignments in here in our own lives. But the goal is to finish the race. The goal isn't just to run the race. The goal is to finish race. Where you get to the end and you look and say, Man, I've run. I've run this race. i finished the assignment. Is there going to be obstacles? Yeah, there are going to be great obstacles. Is there going to be things that try to knock you off? Yeah. Is there going to be things that try to get you to quit? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what an example. Now, go back to your left to Acts 14. Acts 14, you've got to see this. And I'm going to tell you, Paul's got to encourage us, guys. He's got to encourage us to just say, hey, I'm going to live for God every day of my life. Acts 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. They made many disciples, okay? They made them. You know how they made them? They started teaching them the kingdom of God. And they returned to Lystria, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening or establishing the souls of the disciples. Now, this is why it's important we come to church. This is why it's important that we read our Bible. This is why it's important that we get around other believers. You know what happens? It strengthens us. It establishes. What do we need to be strengthened and established for? We'll keep reading and he'll tell you. So it strengthened the souls of disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. To stand firm in the faith. Now here's, here's that, what, what that means to stand firm in the faith. You're going to go through some things, guys. But I stand firm in the faith. And that means I just get rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And I call it bulldog faith. You know what a bulldog is? And that bulldog, he, lanch, he latches down on that bone and he doesn't give up. You've got to get a pry bar to get him off. You've got to shoot him in the head. That's how we've got to get with the Word of God. That we stand on the faith and we don't give up. We hold fast to it. So he tells them that, to continue in the faith and saying, I don't like this, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And you want to highlight something? We must. Once again, guys, I'm going to go through trials. I'm going to go through tests day by day by day. Don't think you're an isolated case. Well, nobody's going through anything like I am. Don't kid yourself. We must go through many trials to enter the kingdom of God. So did Paul preach joy and peace? Absolutely. Romans 4, 17, or 14, 17 says, it's the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy all in the Holy Ghost. He preached peace and joy. But he also preached and warned there's going to be some things that are going to try to oppose you. You're going to have to rise up in Jesus. 
You're going to have to fight in Jesus. Now go with me to Revelations 12. I want you to see this. Revelations 12. He didn't move, Paul, guys. Think about this. When you're going through tests and trials, man, it's just to promote you. Just to move you forward. That God said, man, I, I want to help you get through this. Just keep serving me. Keep serving me. And that's exactly what Paul did. And he knew, man, I've got to lay down my life. I've got to pick up the cross and follow him. Revelations 12, verse 11. Many of you can quote this. Many of us have seen this for years. Read it with me here. And they overcame, and the they is believers. And the believers overcame him. The him is the devil. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus. Now the blood, guys, it, it answers all of the enemy's accusations. The blood answers every accusation. Have you figured out that's what the devil does? He does two things. He tries to accuse us. That's Revelations 12.10. He's the accuser of the brethren. He goes around and accuses us. You're so sorry. You did this wrong and you did that wrong. And then the second thing he comes after with is guilt. Such a sorry Christian, I'm just no good. That's the trick of the devil. But the blood of Jesus, guys, it satisfies every charge. Every charge, okay? So when the devil starts accusing you, man, you say, I'm under the blood. When he tries to put a guilt trip on you, I'm under the blood. I'm under the blood of Jesus. I've been covered. So they overcame by the blood of Jesus and by the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony he's talking about here, guys, is faith confession. Now, we just keep speaking faith confession. I'm saved. Woo, I'm saved. I'm heaven bound. I'm full of the things of God. Now, I've read this verse over and over in my life. I've heard it quoted over and over in my life. Do I agree with it? Absolutely. We overcome by the blood and faith confession, the word of our testimony. However, even in my own life, most of the time when I quote this verse, I don't quote the entire verse. Let's read the entire verse, and I got to see this last part, okay? And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And they did not love their lives to the death, okay? Listen, listen, listen what this says in different translation. The New American Standard said they didn't love their life even to death. The Amplified said they had to die for their witnessing. Now, when I read that, guys, right, that stuff's not popular, especially in Western civilization in America. What do you mean, die? Well, one, I gotta die to myself, but the second thing we must understand, guys, to really serve Jesus, you go back and you look at Stephen. They stoned him to death. I mean, when you look at the deaths that many of the disciples died, and we don't want to hear that stuff, guys, but it's gonna be reality. That there's gonna be some persecution come. There's gonna be some things uh, uh, pertaining to death that will happen. Now, I dug in this a little bit farther. 
In my Bible, right there at the last part of that, that sentence where it says, and, and they did not love their lives to the death, it's cross-referenced back to Revelations 2. Turn back a couple pages to Revelations 2 and look at this. Revelations 2, and it'll give us an insight here. Revelations 2, verse 10. Listen to this. Let this get in your heart tonight. Do not fear. The Amplified says, fear nothing. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Let's rip that page out of the Bible. I don't want to read that stuff. But he tells me something here, guys. Don't fear those things. Don't fear. I don't have to right here. He says, do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Now, when I read that right there, when he's talking about the devil, he's behind the persecutors, okay? People are going to grab ones by the collar and throw them in. But the devil is the author of that. So he goes on to say next, that you be tested. That you be proved. What's going to be proved? Your loyalty, your character, your integrity, your faith, your patience. And you know what it, the test says? Which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to live? You know, the Bible's very clear, and it says in the last days, many will depart from the faith. You know why I believe they'll depart from the faith? It's because persecution's going to start arising. And when you start standing up and saying, no, 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 this is what the Bible says, it irritates people. When you say, I'm going to live by the Word of God, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. It's on the incline right now in our nation, okay? You're going to be tested. Your loyalty to Him is going to be proved. Look what He goes on to say. And you will have tribulations. That is just wonderful, isn't it? Ten days. You know what the ten days is really symbolic of? It'll be a short time is what he's saying. It's not going to be long times. Be faithful, loyal, until death. Oh, there's that death word again. And I will give you the crown of life. You know what the crown of life is? It's eternity. It's eternity. And so when you begin to look right here and see everything he, he's telling us, guys, we're going to go through some things. It's not going to be just a picnic, but over and over. You know, even in James, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And I can go through, and, and the reason I can go through these things, and you can go through these things, is I'm going to finish the race. And it's this thing called eternity, guys. we got to quit thinking that church is just a Sunday morning thing. We come in here and sing Kumbaya and Father Abraham, you know, and man, we scratch a few backs and we tell a few jokes. And man, I believe church ought to be fun. 
I believe life ought to be fun. I love to laugh and everything. But guys, there's another side of this. That there are going to be tribulations. And there are going to be some afflictions that are going to come. And you may work about, about, uh, around a bunch of little devils. Don't pray that God takes you out of the workplace. Pray that God uses you and that strengthens you. I've been there, guys. I've worked right there in the world. You've heard stories of mine. Those guys, when I'd walk in and say, Hi, good morning, they'd just shoot you the finger. That was their way of saying good morning. I'd look back and just love them, you know, and I just, and, and day by day by day, and you know what I figured out? I gotta get a better job. No, 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 no. You know what God was saying? You're the salt of that place. You're all I got. Without you, those guys will go to hell. Does it bother you that they're going to hell? And some days I thought, no, it doesn't. They can all go to hell. And then I'd repent and say, yes, Lord, I don't want them to go, but when you're around sinners, guess what they're going to do? They're going to sin. Don't let it move you. I did a funeral the other day, and I'll end with this, because I told you I'm going to get you out of here at 8 o'clock, and I'm going to. I opened it up to people that want to share, and it was an awesome funeral, just very, very sweet. And you say, it was an awesome funeral? Yeah, it was. It was great. I mean, the guy's in heaven. I love that thought, but... This one guy wanted to share. Man, he got up there and he started sharing. Man, he was into it. And he said, and he was a blankety blank. And I kind of looked at He kind of looked at me like, oh, Lord. I just kind of looked at him and winked. And thought, Let's keep going. It's okay, dude. I'm not going to freak out because you cussed, okay? I'm just going to love you. That's what the world does. But here, the Apostle Paul is warning us. There's going to be trials at work. There's going to be trials raising your kids. There's going to be trials in your marriage. Every area of my life. And so I begin to look and say, you know what? I'm going to let people know. Jesus at work. Jesus in my marriage. Jesus in my home. And you say, well, you're just a Jesus freak. I am. I am. But I'm no different than you guys. I'm going to tell you right now. Sometimes complacency haunts me. And I'm just, I'm a man sometimes entrenched in a battle. And you know what that battle is? My flesh and my spirit, just like you. And what I found over the years, my discipline fails me and my knowledge fools me. But the grace of God is always there. The grace of God is always there. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.